welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also answering your questions about entrepreneurship, business leadership, careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace. Come join the conversation now. Well, Sean, welcome to Exploring the Marketplace. Uh, We have Tom Newman on. Why don't you tell us about your friend? I know. I love Tom. I met Tom through uh, his local church years ago when I was doing a prophetic conference there and just speaking on hearing God's voice. And his son-in-law was there and I ended up giving his son-in-law their whole family a word that really talked about what he's doing in entertainment. And they were working on a film at the time and I had the, the title of the film. It was all NDA. So it wasn't like wow. out yet. It was really cool. And so we ended up bonding and then Tom just kept following my ministry and introduced me to TBN. And so that's how I got involved with TBN because Tom is one of the directors at TBN. Let me tell you about him. I'm just going to read his bio a little bit so just so our listeners can really hear who he is. Because I love having people who do faith-based stuff, but in a real big way, especially when it affects the mainstream. He's an award-winning producer and founder of Impact Production he, uh, Productions. Tom has leveraged his influence in both the faith community and the entertainment industry to create an impressive body of work featured around the world in movie theaters, stages, and in numerous live TV networks such as ABC Family, TBN, Fox, and Lifetime. Tom produced hundreds of hours of inspirational programming, working with such notable guests as Joel Olstein, uh, Max Lucado, Joyce Meyer, Mike Rowe, and Bear Grylls. His uh, list of feature film credits include End of the Spear, Home Run, and The Christmas Candle. And most recently, he produced The Journey with Andre Bocelli, a six-episode musical miniseries that follows a renowned tenor on a spiritual pilgrimage through the Italian countryside which is coming out. It's not out yet. He was literally just doing this. And uh, him and uh, Matt and Lori Crouch went over to Italy and the whole area. And I was in touch with them while they were there. Just had a phenomenal time. So we get to hear from Tom and just his personal story, which I'm sure isn't something he does all the time. I'm really excited for our listeners. I can't wait to hear him. Hi, this is Bob Hassan. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace with Sean Bowles. Hi, Sean. Hi, I'm so glad to have Tom Newman on. And Tom, you're like kind of a boss to me in a way now that I work with TBN. It's great. It's, I, I never thought of you that way before this, but now that my second show's on there, I actually have to be even more respectful to you than before. <laughs> uh, it's always fun to champion content that you love and believe in. So you're welcome, Sean. Glad to be here with you. Well, you, you do that a lot and you've been in the faith-based entertainment space for like your whole life. It feels like, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, I I would love to go into if you want to before, just because we want to honor your time in the military. I mean, you, you were in the military the year I was born. So I mean, like you've been, (laughs) I don't don't put that on you like a heavy, like uh, I'm not saying you're an old man or anything. I'm just saying we honor you for your contribution for what you did for the United States. It's so awesome. But so you have a military career and then you went from that into really faith-based entertainment with toy makers dream. If you're on this at all and you remember Toy Maker's Dream, it was the thing like to go see. It was like so, so cool. And I, I mean, I think we went and chased you guys around several times and just see it. We were in California, so we had to go uh, kind of far for when we saw it. But I mean, you've been in the space now. You're with TBN, but you've done a lot of things in between. I don't know where to start this other than to ask you a little bit of your story. Like you've always been flirted the line between the marketplace and ministry. And, and that's a really awesome conversation for us to have here because of what we're walking in and exploring the marketplace. But talk to us about that. Talk to us about your history. Well, gosh, being born again in Korea in 1974, towards the end of the Vietnam War was a, wow. uh, 
crazy time to be in the service in a tough war to be involved in from that perspective. But I had a guy uh, meet me at work one night. I didn't know him from Adam. And he comes up to me and he just said, if you don't stop living the way you're living, you're going to die and go to hell. I mean, no, hey, my name is, (laughs) where are you with faith? And I just said, I said, what are you talking about? I read my Bible. I, you know, I believe all that stuff, you know? And anyway, that night, that was May 1st. And uh, he came down to this little one bedroom hooch I had in Anjanri, Korea. And in Korea at the time, they had a real tough curfew for after midnight, they would shoot you. They didn't arrest you. They just would shoot. So I looked up at my clock and it was 10 after 12. So this crazy fanatic was going to be there all night with me now. And he just started talking to me about how much Jesus loved me. It wasn't a condemnation thing at all. And, you know, about two and a half hours in, he didn't ask me to pray a sinner's prayer. I just felt the weight of my sin. And I just started regurgitating every sin I could ever remember. I gave my heart to Jesus that night. And uh, it was a real amazing conversion. I literally felt like somebody stuck their hand in my mouth and pulled me inside out. And, uh, Oh my gosh, it was a beginning of me following Christ. Um, that guy happened to fall away from the Lord three days later. He was a heroin addict and kind of left me hanging there, but I was so inspired. I started reading my Bible and started preaching and I didn't have many rules. So I would smoke marijuana and drink beer and (laughs) preach. And I had a large group of guys coming, uh, and we would we'd have up two or three hundred guys, and we'd be singing down by the riverside, and Jesus is just all right with me, and <laughs> talking about how great God was. We just celebrated the goodness of God, and then this minister heard about it because it became the largest fellowship on the whole military base, and I said, "Well, you can't." smoke and drink and talk about Jesus. I said, yeah, we can. It's working great. Come on down. So he comes down there, you know, but we were seeing hundreds of people coming to Christ and just, we were having a blast. And then, you know, we got all, we got caught up in a little bit of religion and stopped smoking pot and stopped drinking beer and all that. But we kept preaching and kept worshiping Jesus. And it grew to be the largest fellowship in Korea. We had up to 1,800 people coming. And oh my gosh. We just had, we really had revival on the base and stuff there. And that was just a, just an amazing time. So I knew Jesus was real. So it was never a thing where I separated my life from my work or from anything else. It yes. was all Jesus. And whatever Jesus puts on your heart to be and do, do that. You know, I have a little plaque I kept on my desk, and I don't know where it is right now, actually. But it, it, it says, don't ask yourself what the world needs, but ask yourself what makes you come alive mm-hmm. and do that. Because what the world needs is men and women who are fully alive. I love so that. When God creates us to be and to, to, to what we are, and he gives us with talents and things, he expects us to, I think, to run with those things. So it's not about, are you in business? Are you in ministry? It's about just being who we are. Yeah. Wherever that takes us, you know, God's got the burden of provision for us. Either way it goes, if it's in business or if it's in Christian, if it's our Christian service, it doesn't matter. God's got the, the business of providing for us. So we just have to go after and be true to what God's asked of us. Tom, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, 
You, you've got into this incredible career, but I, I noticed that you seem to have direction over and over again from the Lord. How do you hear from the Lord? How are you wired to hear? And how did you know when he was directing you to go different places? You know, Bob, I, I don't share this a lot only for this reason. I've had an exceptional experiences with Jesus. And I say that to not ever make anyone else feel bad about their Christianity, just to be really blunt with you. Yeah. When we read in the, the scriptures about how the apostle Paul was blinded, knocked off a horse, and yeah. then the Lord appeared to him. So sometimes when the Lord appears to people or says things to people, it's because they're so, they're, they're so oblivious to the things of God that God has to just knock them over. I'm kind of one of those kind of guys. Right. So, <laughs> my, I was probably going to so miss it that God had to knock me off a horse and blind me to get. Is my it okay head. that we're laughing? Is that okay? It's <laughs> yeah, because you know it's 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 literally experiences. I um, after I was born again, I ended up um, you know developing that fellowship I was telling you about, and I signed on with the Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee, Holiness Church. I went to the island of Guam to be an associate pastor and a youth pastor to the, to the guy who came in and straightened me out and stopped me from smoking marijuana and drinking beer and having such a good time. Um, so I went over to be his associate pastor there. And uh, my wife and I met my wife in Korea. She was a missionary oh, wow. to deaf and special needs Korean children. And that's a great story. I, I, I met her in a, in a fellowship. She came and sang at a new year's Eve service at, at, at the base. And I stood in line with about 400 other GIs to meet the three American women. We haven't seen any American women in however many months you've been overseas. And stood in line to shake her hand. Right when I got up to the front to shake her hand, she was talking to somebody else. So I never really got to meet her that night. But they made an invitation for anybody to come out and help at the orphanage. I was the only guy who did that. So there was a whole bunch of guys ready to shake hands after a singing service. I went out to the orphanage, met her, got married. Sue and I then moved to Guam to work with this pastor there. And we had our first son there in August, Eric, Sean, who you met, talked with before, who's one of our writers. Yeah. And while we we're there, the Lord spoke to me in an audible voice in, in, in a late night in November and said, I want you to go to Oral Roberts University. I'd never heard of Oral Roberts University, never been to Oral Roberts University. I was in an island intercessant group there called the, the Guam Island Intercessors, a real creative name. And, uh, <laughs> so when I had this uh, experience with the Lord, I woke up my wife and I said, Susan, have you ever heard of a place called Oral Roberts University? And she said, well, yes. I've gone to see Catherine Kuhlman speak there on a couple oh, of times. Wow. She went to Central Bible College up in Springfield. She had driven down. I said, I said, where is it? She said, well, it's in Tulsa. I said, well, the Lord just told me we're supposed to go there. She goes, really? Oral Roberts? So that's... I said, really? And it was a thing. I didn't know if I was supposed to get up, pack my bags and move that night. I mean, it was one of those things. Mm -hmm. The next day, I went to, I was taking courses at the University of Guam. The first person I bump into on the campus, this is, this is the gospel truth, guys, was a guy named Rick Panzalan. And we were just finishing that semester. It's the end of November, getting ready to start another semester. And I said, Rick, uh, and I was not about to say, uh, you would not believe what happened to me last night. God spoke to me and all the boys. I, I, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> so I bump into Rick and I said, Rick, are you set for your classes next semester? And he goes, no. He says, matter of fact, I'm transferring next semester. I said, oh, really? I said, okay, wh wh where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to Oral Roberts University. This is the first, the first soul I've talked to. Since wow. 
And he goes, he's, I said, wow, that's crazy. Oral Roberts University said, yeah. And he opens up his backpack and he pulls out a full packet of information from ORU. And he said, crazy thing is I got another of these in the mail yesterday. <laughs> I literally fell on my knees, just started crying. I, said, I gotta tell you oh. something. I couldn't believe what God did. So anyway, it was a thing. I went home and then I told my wife that story. Of course, she said, wow, this is uh, pretty incredible. Well, so then this is the end of November. I show up at ORU in December. The class is starting the 3rd or 4th of January. I walk into for enrollment now. I'm on just like the 2nd of January. And I go in. And I said, well, I'm here to get my pack and get ready for classes. And they said, well, uh, you know, we... Let's, let's check. But, you know, there's a waiting list of about 1,800 students right now. And sure enough, I wasn't accepted. So we didn't, haven't even got your application. All we have is your ministerial recommendation. And I said, that's okay. Don't worry. But, you know, God told me I'm supposed to come. So, <laughs> so, well, God tells a lot of people they're supposed to come. Anyway, crazy story there. I end up saying, I can't leave here until I talk to the head because somebody has to let me in the class. And they said, well, we might be able to get you in the fall. The guidance counselor, a guy named Ray Sherwood, he's the head of admissions. I go into Ray's office and I, and I tell him, listen, I let you know that God really spoke to me and told me I was supposed to be here. And he said, that's it's great. And he wasn't, he wasn't moving. I said, all right, listen to me. Stick your hands across. He's like a most long desk, like a hundred miles long. You know, Extend your arms. So he extends his arms. I, and I prayed, man, you know, Jesus may have sweat drops the blood in the garden, but I was close to it. And I was, <laughs> I was praying with Ray and we get done praying. And I just asked God to show him that I was supposed to be there. And he looks at me a long time. He turns around and you know, those little things on your desk, that says from the desk of, from the desk of Ray Sherwood, he goes, admit to class. And he gives me a thing. So starting nice. class, went to school. And uh, so I've had a couple of those kind of experiences. So the Lord has spoken to me very clearly, Bob. And sadly, it's been, it's had to be almost audible voice type experiences to get me on track. I wouldn't say sadly, because the fruit of it's been pretty incredible with all right. the different types of projects you've done. I mean, you've had a hand in so many amazing films and obviously the theater company before that, and along with that, you've uh, now become part of TV in a major way. I mean, you're one of the major figures that helps to guide the ship, so to speak. Talk about that being in the place of a lot of this is going mainstream. Almost every film you've worked on, you've tried to have a mainstream release, not just a Christian market release. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with a Christian market release, but it's just amazing that in your DNA, you're wired for to see things go in, in kind of a broad way. There's a lot of people in that space who aren't having the same success. So I'd love to hear just there's no secret sauce. It's all relationship with God. But how do you think that's happening? Kind of walk us through the business side and the ministry side, how that, that worked. I think that for all of us that are kind of on the inside of what faith is, our desire is not to keep it a secret. We want to see people come to Christ. I think we're all compelled to the sense of, I feel so guilty that I know God, the intimacy that I have with Christ. It's like, it's like this last five weeks, I just got back from Italy where we were doing this project with Andrea Bocelli. It, there wasn't a meal or something that came up that uh, Andrea Bocelli wouldn't say, how does anybody live without faith? How, how, wow. do they, how do they navigate without faith? You know, he's, he's on a continual pursuit of the supernatural, Sean. He loves- well, That's so exciting because we see him, but no one knew that until you guys kind of jumped on board with them a year ago or whatever. About three years ago, we did a Christmas special with him. Oh, that's what it was. What came up through COVID, he went through COVID. And during COVID, 
he was just so burdened for people everywhere. Just like, golly, it's, it's like he, he couldn't believe the way government was shutting people down. He was very vocal about this is insanity. People die of the flu all the time. Why is our world shutting down? I mean, he was he was pretty upset. Wow. About that. And the Lord spoke to him about doing a pilgrimage. And so there's a there's a road from, well, a road, a trail, a path, whatever you want to call it, all the way from Canterbury, England, all the way to St. Peter's, and it's called the Via Francigena. And it's where mm. pilgrims have come, the, the bishop, the Archbishop of Canterbury, in 990, documented his journey. And ever oh, since wow. then, it became a journey for people to go on a pilgrimage to go to St. Peter's. If they've gone through divorce, they've had a death in the family, just to seek renewal in their faith. And Bocelli decided he's going to travel to Via Francigena. Now, most people understand that Andrea Bocelli doesn't have eyesight. You know, he's, he's been blind since he was 14 years old. So for him to say, yeah, I'm going to do this journey, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. He's also an avid horseman. He's going to do this trail on horseback. Oh, my God. So, so he calls me, and we have this amazing discussion about uh, – what a pilgrimage is and why he wants to do this. He said, the world needs to come back alive again. We need to tell the world, we need to inspire the world, not only with music, but more with a journey about drawing close to God. And, it, and it's about interacting with each other. It's time to, you know, we've been isolated for so long. Let's get back together. Let's begin to talk. Let's, let's share real values because in our time out, we realize what's really important is our relationship, our interaction with family, yeah. our interaction in the marketplace, our interaction in our business. It's it's time that we get back to it. And it was just this thing that he was just passionate about. So I said, okay, so let me think about it. So we started exchanging ideas and, and we came back. So we had Tori Kelly and Michael W. Smith and Torn. Uh, just a bunch of amazing artists come and join. So, Mike, th these guys would come in. They would ride horseback with Pacelli for a day. Oh, my gosh. How every, creative. And every three days, we would do a big concert somewhere. But it was in, like, old Roman amphitheaters or these really old abbeys and uh, just – you know, we're, Wait, we're, let me check my email box. I don't think I got invited to this. Just a second. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've known you yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was that. And, and we, they would come in and they would each one make it. So we made six chapters of this piece. And then, of course, wow. a minute piece that will have all the we ended up doing 26 songs. Um, you know, we had full orchestras in these locations. No, no audiences. Yeah, we just we just did this thing. It was just in these most isolated outback places, and getting a, a nine foot grand piano into these places was what oh, a task. My gosh, well, we had a crew of about a hundred folks doing this. It was a big, it was a big to do, and we captured this. But the thing about Michelle is he's so fascinated about the supernatural. So he'll read about people who've been supernaturally healed or a word spoken over someone. And he will call them out of the blue. He goes, this is Andrea Pacelli. Did you really get healed? Did this really? And he does it. Wow. And he's got this little church up on Laetica, Italy. It has 50 to 100 people in it. And if he, he buys into their story, he flies them into that little church and has them speak at his little Catholic church. Oh, and, my God. And just share their thing. Because it just means that much to him to be in touch with that. And he's, he's a deep water guy. I mean, he's, he, he's, he loves God. And he's passionate about music and he's passionate about quality. So, this, so is this is kind of an example, obviously, of one of the things that you've done. It's like you guys are harnessing 
kind of mainstream figures, whether it's him or Huckabee or Mike Rowe or these mainstream guys. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to imagine back in the 80s when you were doing to- Toymaker's Dream, did you have a vision for like the, the gospel and just the way we do kingdom needs to be in the mainstream places with, with the people who are doing it there? Or did that evolve over time? No, it was very clear. I mean, you know, going to Oral Roberts University was a was a great experience for me. But when I graduated, uh, just before I graduated, I had a real close friend, Jeff Rent and I. We'd sit, you know, when you're in college, you sit and talk late at night, philosophizing about everything. But the Lord gave me a word. He said, I want you to reach a sight and sound generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. It was very clear. So going into the Soviet Union, you know, we, we toured the places you couldn't go with the gospel. Romania, Bulgaria, Cuba. We went into all those places with this big, we put a million and a half dollars of blazers and special effects into a touring show. Took wow. the whole world. You know, we took Paul McCartney's uh, band Wings and we went with Wings. Paul McCartney didn't come, but Wings. <laughs> we went and we toured these places and we just, we packed out stadiums and we saw hundreds of thousands of people come to Christ in places that you didn't know you could preach in, you know? And it right. was just those kind of experiences. So that's, that's kind of in my DNA and, and about six or seven years ago when Jan passed, I'm not exactly sure how many years ago it was, Matt asked me if I'd come help him with programming at TV. And I said, Matt, I don't like Christian TV. I'm sorry. Uh, Love Jesus and love Christians who are watching TV. I said, but I just don't feel like that's my thing. And he said, that's why I want you to come. Yeah. I want you to come and let's reinvent this in a way. He said, that's, you know, we, we, we're going to have the, we're going to have the steady preacher. You know, we're going to have the Charles Stanleys and the guys who mean so much to so many. He said, yeah. but we need to, we need to bring in fresh and new voices. Not that they're not fresh because they have a fresh word all the time, but bring in new voices and let's look at new ways of communicating the good news to people in a way that counts. And I said, okay, but you know, and I actually introduced Matt to you, Sean, yeah. Tell me about the experience. You came through Tulsa and gave, and you called out my son-in-law and said, "I got this word," and and it was just it was right in the middle of this thing. Where we're doing a film called Home Run about celebrate recovery, and you said, "You know, I don't know, but but there's something about your whole family, and you know, something you're doing. It's just going to be a home run." And I mean, you said all these words just like, mm-hmm. "What? What? My family's go, oh my gosh!" <laughs> it was one of those experiences. So then. Fast forward, you know, two or three years later, I'm sitting here in the office with Matt, and one of your books had come out, and I'm telling Matt about it, and he goes, I'm going to call that guy. So we, yeah. we made that call, and here we are, Sean. I, two we had like an eight-hour power day where he told me the whole history of the of the empire. It was amazing, yeah. like, just to hear, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and how vulnerable everybody is at TBN about that, yeah. which I think is, to me, when you go into a mainstream film company, television company, I feel like they wear their weakness on their sleeve. It's actually really common for them to say, we don't know if this film's going to make it or not, or we don't know if this is going to happen. But when I go into a lot of Christian organizations, everything's happy and okay all the time. And so it was always hard for me. And then I came into TBN and Matt's like, here's where we're trying to steer the ship. My parents were incredible at building the infrastructure because they heard from God, but they didn't really do programming. They didn't really make original content. That was, that was like what I would be in my standard of making. And so we're trying to steer that. And then he told me about you and your role. And I was so excited because we hear about organizations that God's using, but we don't always see a lot of Christians have been jaded and disillusioned from Christian television period, but you guys are restoring credibility. And Tom, you're part of obviously the one of the main features of that because of pro, the programming direction that you take on. So I think it's really unique for a lot of our listeners because there's people who are in mainstream media and the arts. I had a word seven years ago that they're going to start lending their talents 
to faith-based and mainstream, not just mainstream. They're going to start lending their talents. And then you start getting Andrew Pacelli and all these different guys. Some of the, I wish I could talk about some of the properties you can't talk about yet. But I mean, all these different things that you guys are like working on, which to me is a direct answer to what I believe God showed me seven years ago. That's going to change a lot for the upcoming move of God. So I know, Bob, you, you weren't part of that conversation right. as far as knowing that. But it's to me, it's like one of the strategic ways that God's moving that that's just never happened before. And Andre, uh, Andre Vitelli is one of those pictures that's never happened before. It's happening on your guys' watch because you, you have a different expectation, which I think is beautiful. And I think a lot of our listeners are afraid to go into Christian media because they're thinking they're going to have to repeat the, the mistakes of 20 years ago. And you guys are already proving that doesn't have to happen. Yeah. So I'm so grateful. Yeah, Tom, it's so interesting. Think back. Now, we've got young listeners, entrepreneurs, uh, young business owners, and think back like to perseverance in your life. And I'm sure you've had lots and lots of ups and downs. So talk to our, our, our younger listeners that, that are really battling to make a way right now. Wow. Um, well, you know, out of personal experience, you know, one of the, one of the big lows that we hit many years ago, I brought in a, a marketing guy. And there's different ways that people keep track of their books. And one is accrual on a cruel system, accrual based mm-hmm. accounting. And we had so many videos and we had, we, we literally on our balance sheet, would look like we had millions of dollars <laughs> coming in and, and owed us from all the music and the videos, films we've made. There were, I don't know how many thousands of videos out there, but every, what I didn't realize was when we were looking at our books, that those people were not obligated to pay us. They could return those videos. I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So they're in, we've got stores, Target, Walmart. They've got our videos everywhere. Well, all of a sudden, they had until like January 10th to either be returned or to pay us. I think around the 15th of December, we started having a semi full of videos loaded on our dock a day. Oh, wow. And it was like, I realized, and, and I had only known this, Bob, I'd only known, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, from glory to glory, I'd only known increase in my ministry for almost 20 years. I'd mm-hmm. not had, really had bad setbacks. It was just growing, growing, growing. We we're doing doing great numbers. We were literally seeing millions of dollars a year come in and, and opportunities everywhere. And all of a sudden we went from a lot to went, we may have to declare bankruptcy. Oh. Now I'll never forget that so from January, I gave myself the first bonus I'd ever given myself. My board approved it, everything. We just had so much accrual on our book. All of these videos come in. In May, I was contemplating bankruptcy. I had to release most of my staff. It was a devastating time. Wow. And I literally went from 188 employees to 12. Wow. And didn't know how to deal with it, honestly. That December, my wife was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. It was just like my whole world was falling apart. And I, re- I remember the night that my wife was diagnosed with cancer, going to bed that night. I was laying there beside her, and she had fallen asleep. I had my hand in her. I was praying for her. And I said, God, what am I supposed to do? I, my company's in trouble. Now my wife's in trouble. And, and I'm just kind of complaining and just going, God, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what to do like this. And it was like the sternest sternest word from Lord. He said, if you don't use your faith, you're going to lose everything. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. you know, it's like, no, no, I'm, I'm looking for, I need some comfort here. You know, it's like, no, it's like, 
you under, you don't understand. You were in a fight for your destiny, for your family, yeah. for everything in you. What you need now is to apply everything you know and don't back down. It was so good. So it was, it was like, okay, I literally got up that next morning. <laughs> I made a commitment to read the whole Bible through in, you know, in six weeks, read the whole book and just tore at it. And, and listen, I don't know who you listen to when you're, when you're looking for inspiration. There's a lot of people that I don't agree with sometimes, even their theology when I go deep. But if you're going to go after a faith thing, there's nobody like a Kenneth Copeland or some of these guys yeah. out there that have you yeah. know, word of faith guys. Now, I, I don't take that as a steady diet, but I'm telling you, when I was down, I just went, I just need somebody just un, if it's it's Andrew Womack or a Kenneth, if these guys yeah. who just just breathe fire faith, you know, I just consume that for six months. Mm-hmm. And I listen to a message by Joyce Meyer over every single day. The battle is the Lord's. The mm-hmm. battle is the Lord's. Not my battle. I had to cast my cares every day. It wasn't my battle. I'm just gonna be obedient to what I need to need to do that day. I cannot express enough, Bob, to any young entrepreneur, anybody in that space. It's like, listen, if God's given you a word, God's told you to do something, and it's you, and everything looks wrecked, doesn't really matter. So After good. you stop looking at the way things are and speaking to things that are not as if they were, because that's exactly where I had to be. This battle is the Lord's, because you know, at the end of the day, guys, you have to understand this very simple premise that got deep inside of my heart. God wants us to do his will more than we want to do it. So what what does that mean? That means God will move all of heaven and all of earth to get his will accomplished in this planet. And if all I'm going to be is willing and obedient, then God's obedience will carry me through. All you've got to ask yourself, did you hear from the Lord? Get confirmation with two or you know, get some witnesses, get some people to speak in your life to have good godly counsel. I went to my pastor, I went to people and said, This is what I'm going through. This is what I believe God's asked of me. I don't know what to do here. Well, my next door neighbor, a guy named Dan Buford, I said, Well, the only asset I really have, I'm about a, almost two million dollars in debt. I, I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. I better sell my building because I at least have some money in that. Called that guy. Dan Buford came over and sat with me. He said, listen, I kind of looked up on you. And he said, you, you, you've been doing this for a lot of years. You're, you seem to have a good reputation. Why are you in this trouble? And I said, I long story. And I kind of explained things to him. And he said, well, I think I, I should help you. And, I, and he said, if I, if I gave you $400,000, would that help you? Wow. I said, well, gave me $400,000? He said, well, no, it'd be a loan. I said, no, it wouldn't help me. Mm-hmm. And he said, why not? I said, because I would just have to use that for debt service. It, it yeah. wouldn't get me out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, how much do you need? And I said, I need $3 million. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, know, I didn't know Dan from Adam. And he goes, well, I'm not giving you $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks later, two weeks later, Dan comes back and he goes, how much did you say you need? I said, I need about $3 million. He says, how about if I help you with a million? I said, Dan. If I take you that money, I will never be able to pay you back. It won't move me forward. So he comes back two weeks later again. Now, he's an older guy. He's really big guy. And he comes in, he wears a really starched white shirt with uh, bib overalls. Wow. He goes, do you ever go to that thing called camp meeting, that thing Kenneth Hagan does downtown? And I go, 
well, yeah, I've gone to it a few times. He says, well, I don't go to it. I said, okay. He said, but I went last night. I said, okay. And, and he said, well, what happened? He said, well, I'm sitting in the back because I don't want anybody to know I'm there. <laughs> and he goes, all I keep hearing, this guy's preaching. And all I hear him is, all I keep hearing is, go help Tom Newman. Go help Tom Newman. What does that mean? And I said, well, Dan, I could be really manipulative here and tell you what I think it means, but I'm not going to do that. I said, you know what God's saying for you to do. This guy's not a Christian. Oh, wow. Wow. I said, but if God's telling you something, Dan, I would suggest you do it because this is maybe (laughs) the beginning of your walking with God in in a whole new way. And Dan, he he has a hearing aid. He pulls his hearing aid out. He throws it on my on my table and he goes get your banker on the phone oh wow (laughs) all right so and my banker's name is lou and he goes lou this is dan buford he goes tom newman's holding a gun to my head right now (laughs) what's going on i said he goes tom newman i'm sitting here in his office and i gotta put three million dollars in his bank account and she goes what she goes, are you, Dan, are you sure? Is everything okay? And she goes, everything's fine. Just, just do it. So that began a relationship with Dan Buford where I was completely done. I, I had no way out. I could not have recovered from that. I didn't, I didn't have my usual friends. I didn't send a panicky newsletter. Mm-hmm. Everybody I knew. I didn't go on TBN and make an appeal. Um, my neighbor came over a guy who's not a God follower because I said, maybe I'd sell in my building because that may be a way because I want to take care of my debt responsibly. And uh, that led to a long, long-term relationship. Well, we paid Dan back and, you know, the great things happened. We took that $3 million we made. You are special and you are mine and some Lucato films and things That's from awesome. And, and, and pulled out of that, but it's just a thing how God, and then Dan, Dan, Dan went to be with Jesus last year in the last year. But those last years, Dan has become our single largest giver for Hyatt Regencies around the country, and just just an amazing, amazing guy. And left 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 a legacy now of faith with his family before he passed. That's but it, so cool. out of our need, I think my need was created for Dan's obedience. Oh to yeah, totally. For him to walk in, it. and so I believe that times, the thing that Matt and I will talk about all the time: God's knows. And what seems to be a failure, they're never failures when you're in the mm-hmm. will of God. You oh, just got to you gotta hold out and understand what it is. Understand what season. So we, we talk about in Ecclesiastes, understanding the season we're in. There's a yeah. time, you know, a time to abound, a time to be, you know, anyway. All those things you just went realize most Christians only look for the good. God's working all things together for our good. But what we think is good sometimes is not exactly the thing that God's thinking good is bringing us to a whole new point. Anyway, you guys got Tom, it. No, this so is good. so much hope, Tom. This so is good. so rich. I just got preached to in some areas Me too. Just by your whole story. It's so good. Well, Tom, thank you for being on the, the show today. I know so many people are like us. They're going to be responsive in their faith because of your stories. It, like we're accountable differently now just from hearing what you just said. Mm-hmm. So thanks for being on. And we're coming up to our next segment, which is questions with Sean and Bob. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment to upgrade everything we're doing to have the time and space to do this. 
It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Sean, welcome back to Questions with Sean and Bob. I have a question. I'm going to read it. This is from uh, our, one of our lives uh, from Kathleen Saxon on Facebook. Nice. Is there a financial guideline to help determine outsourcing value to you versus doing things in-house? Is there time management or leadership guideline in your mind that you use to make choices like that? It's a, <laughs> a great I just thought of me and Sheree because Sheree and I run our, our whole thing together. Right. So for us, it's so hard because Sheree is like, as much as she can do without outsourcing or as much as she get our, our team to do, she'll do it. And I'm like, oh, that's too hard. Let's have someone else do it. You know, it's just, it's so, we're, we're geared different, but we manage well together because I'll keep our team from getting overburdened from process work that we don't need to do. But she also keeps me from being too extravagant or too, you know, losing money on something we don't need to lose. So yeah. it, it helps when you have a good a balanced partner. But I mean, obviously not all of us have that. How do you do it? Well, I think like, take, for example, accounting, uh, if you were to hire, a, a, a CFO or a high level controller, you'd be paying north of a hundred thousand dollars a year, especially in California. Um, but you can find outsourced accounting professionals, whether they're uh, CFOs or controllers for sometimes a couple thousand dollars a month. Yeah. And what we think as business owners is that we need, um, we need 40 hours a week of accounting when in reality, sometimes we need five hours a week with, with totally. the right person. So outsourcing makes sense there. And the other place it makes sense is human resources or payroll and human resources bundled up rather than having a, a payroll person or human resources person, you can outsource that for sometimes, you know, a couple thousand dollars or less a month and save on, um, and save on uh, payroll. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. And there's even groups like, you know, who do, um, your assistant or your reception or whatever, you could bundle that together and actually outsource any of that. I think, which is so helpful with customer service, if you're a retail company and you don't have the money to put into all of that, but you can, you know, have a company that already does that for you. There's a lot of ways to outsource that make a lot of sense. I think I'm always trying to, you know, save money and time. Both Shree's trying to save uh, money more than time. And in some ways, just because she wants to, make sure we, we do the best bang for our buck and really are good stewards. And so I think, you know, just looking at it and saying, what are, what are our priorities? It's a great question though. Thank you, Kathleen, so much for asking. Yep. So go to bullsministries.com and press ask a question with Sean and Bob and audio record your question or join us on our Facebook lives on Thursdays and ask a question there. And we're also on YouTube and Twitter as well, which is great. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring Podcast series. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey, and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bowlsministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.